0: My name is Rachel Smiley and this is Natural Capital. This podcast is produced as part of the Farm Advisory Service in association with the Scottish Government. In the series, we explore different natural capital assets and their value to Scottish agriculture and the rural economy, plus the pressures and threats they face. We speak to people, groups and experts helping to manage, protect and restore these resources, ecosystems and habitats. We are back with a new series and you can listen to all of the previous episodes on the Fast Sounds page or any podcast provider. Please like, follow and subscribe and get in touch if you have any questions or a special Natural Capital story to share. We would love to hear from you. We have a great episode and guest for you today as we are joined by Dr Jeremy Leggett. Jeremy is a social entrepreneur, writer and climate campaigner he has spent years working in the solar industry, written several books and been an advisor to the board of multiple companies and organisations. He is the CEO of Highlands Rewilding, which aims to rewild and repopulate the Highlands by increasing carbon sequestration, growing biodiversity and creating green new jobs and generating sustainable profit for purpose. Highlands Rewilding's projects include Bunloy, Bildorny Estates, and they've recently added a third with Tivallic and Argyll. Welcome to Natural Capital Jeremy. So we'll just dive straight in. First of all, Highlands Rewilding as a company, how did it get started?
1: Well, I'm a a long-term climate campaigner and have been for decades. And when I was a solar uh, businessman, I was sort of um, really posing in that guise because really what I wanted to do was score some runs in the defeat of of climate meltdown and it's the same with highlands rewilding Um, i wanted another project in the um, autumn of my career or even years and the the vital importance of of taking carbon out of the atmosphere into the biosphere um i think everyone knows especially people who've watched david attenborough's programs Um, no matter how good we are with all the other green technologies solar wind batteries electric vehicles unless we get this piece right and take down an awful lot of carbon meanwhile uh, growing rather than diminishing biodiversity we're in deep trouble and that's what i wanted to get involved in and that's why i set up the company
0: and the term rewilding it can be interpreted incorrectly I've had conversations with some people who think it means removing humans and their activities from land altogether. What does rewilding mean for Highland highland rewilding and where do farmers fit in? Well,
1: it's restoring nature with communities in the heart of the process. So far from removing people from the land, it actually involves more people being um, working and living in the land as guardians of uh, nature being restored it's just changing land practices it's not you know getting rid of humans that's a meme that you know um gets pushed out often by by folk who you know don't want any anything to change
0: and so how do you make a profitable business model out of natural capital the carbon market is more developed but you've mentioned increasing biodiversity and restoring nature it isn't as obvious. Why do you monitor and measure
1: these things? No, no, it's not obvious, and that's the biggest risk, which we always point out to people. We're taking a punt that governments in Westminster and um, Holyrood will do what they say they're going to do in order to hit the ambitious targets they have, particularly in the a global treaty on biodiversity that was agreed in Montreal last December. So we don't know for sure that's going to happen. Personally, I'd bet my pension it's going to happen because I've talked to many civil servants, um, people of integrity and talent who are working really hard on this behind closed doors to change the economic land management reward system. Um, and But the company is, is betting that there will be a natural capital uplift credit system of some sort. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing all the Um, natural capital accountancy science that we are uh, in order to help that process and ultimately profit from it at levels of ethical profitability as land management practices change. But there's no no escaping the risk. Governments don't always do what they say they're going to do.
0: In our last episode, we spoke to Dr Lorna Cole, who discussed different ways to monitor biodiversity, including citizen Mm. science apps. For monitoring bees on a flower, you can find a link to the show in the notes below this episode. But what innovative ways do Highland Rewildings use to monitor and measure biodiversity?
1: Well, we, we're quite young. We've only been going for two years on the frontier, so we have two years of science at our to Estate, one year at Bell We haven't got started at Tavy Alec yet, and uh, we've published natural capital reports that people can download from our website and they'll see we're using all kinds of techniques we're very lucky with both the in-house scientists that we've managed to attract to the project um, they're world-class mid-career professionals um, but also with the universities that we're working with mostly Scottish universities but also the University of Oxford and so you know we're positioning to be able to support and benefit from pretty much any natural capital system that comes out of the policy-making process. We, our our um, science programs, Bunloit and Bell both both um, are bells and whistles. So you know we get we've gone too too far in 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 monitoring. Uh, we we're sure that the ultimate regime won't have to be as comprehensive as everything we're counting on the ground
0: i just seen the post that was put up onto Twitter about your bat detection and the bat boxes that you're increasing. Is it in um, Bunloit Estate, the bat boxes that you have there, measuring the noises from them?
1: At Bill, Dorney, um, Bill Dorney and, ba- and Bun- Bunloit both, yes, and and birdsong. I mean, this is, for people new to um, nature monitoring, often this is a surprise, the the way that you can you can use uh, devices like called audio moths that are hung in the trees and they they count well they record the bird song and then you you filter all that out use artificial intelligence to classify everything and bingo you've got a you've got a catalog it gives you a feeling of both the species um that are present and also the numbers so that's uh, that's one way that of the many ways that we're monitoring But I myself have been surprised by what can be done. I'm not an expert in any of this. Um, I was a scientist in my past. I I taught at Imperial College in Earth Science. But I had no idea what could be done with DNA until uh, the project started. And then, of course, I discovered that the um, geneticists have worked out how to take samples from water and soil and actually separate out the dna strands catalog them with artificial intelligence and come up with an inventory of plants and animals in the catchment area of the sample remarkable um, and, and so all this kind of thing we're doing and and out of it hopefully um not just from us but working with confederates in for example cairngorm national park authority you know other organizations who want to do what we hope to do you know, and and the civil servants will work out the best together, work out the best um, approach to natural capital accountancy.
0: That DNA thing's really interesting. Um, have you had any kind of results that you didn't expect from it?
1: Oh yeah, you, you know, you see there are some fungi species that haven't been recorded before in Scotland at, at Bunloit. And a number of species that, you know, you haven't been recorded by the ecologists on the ground, but they're there in the DNA samples. Um, so, yes, it's uh, it's fascinating, completely fascinating.
0: On the very first episode of the Natural Capital podcast, we spoke to Hannah Rudman and she was telling us about her video that she recorded up in Bunloit, the maps, traps and apps. Um, I think it was called, and it's quite fascinating to see all the work that you're doing up there. Um, we can provide a, video, a link to this video in the show notes of the episode. Community prosperity and development is stated as being key to Highland Rewilding, and it's also included in Scotland's interim principles for responsible investment in natural capital. How do you get communities involved and engaged in your business model at Bill Dorney and Bunloid Estates?
1: Well, you confer as as much as you can. And that's what we've been doing all along in all kinds of different ways. Um probably our most successful uh, engagement so far has been at Alec, where very early on when we expressed interest in the estate, we were contacted by the uh, community association, the Alec initiative, and we've been talking to them ever since, and we're very close. To um, agreeing and publishing a um, memorandum of understanding of how we we're going to be working together for the benefit of both the community and the company, and and, and hopefully that's going to be you know a real um, exemplar of how a progressive company um, can work with a community, and most of the people can be kept happy with how that. Um, Synergy is working, including the vast majority of the people in the community. You'll you'll never be able to please all the people, of course, and crucially the investors in the company because it is a company. It's uh, you know it's just one model. We think of ourselves as a progressive company, but it has investors. It needs investors, and you know that we're trying to create a balance where they can be kept happy at the same time as we're fulfilling our purpose. Um, which is nature recovery, a mantra is nature recovery and community prosperity through rewilding taken to scale. So that's our objective. And um, so far, so good.
0: Congratulations on the purchase of TV Alec. Um We recorded our rainforest episode in Tainish, just um, outside, I think, the estate. Um, and it was lovely to get down there. Um, so what was it about Tivalik that made you want to purchase it?
1: Yeah it was uh, it it was that and all the other habitats it's it's got a great variety of habitats but particularly the the scope for restoring the temperate rainforest. We we have very varied habitats at Bundall and Baldorni but this really does add to the inventory that we have and of course crucially it has the offshore so there's forty kilometres of coast on this estate, and just up the road is the Scottish Association for Marine Science campus with 150 researchers. So happy days, you know, it's just going to be very, very exciting indeed. And we have a local community, uh, many of whom are very keen to get involved with us, not just you know evening and uh, weekends, but we you know people people looking for jobs and housing and all this sort of thing so um, hopefully this is going to be a very exciting project for many people
0: it does sound like it and can you give uh, the listeners any insight into the plans for the estate what you're planning to do first
1: yeah from the community viewpoint um you know the, the i think the single most important to them thing to them is affordable housing the young people can't afford to even rent or there are places to rent um in the locality and and folk get sort of forced almost to go down to glasgow and edinburgh uh to make their way so affordable housing is one thing and we've we've agreed even ahead of moving to the estate that the local community can buy um, plots that they've had their eyes on for that that purpose for social housing and um, community building Um, so that's it we just sell them that land and you know there's there's no question that people in the community are going to look after it the way we would want consistent congruent with our model if you like Um, and then I think from the company's perspective, you know, we we can't expect reasonably to make ethical profits or even any profits from anything that smacks of land speculation. So we'll sell the land at cost and take that on the nose. Um, and I'm sure all our investors will be fine with that, so long as there's a quid pro quo in there where we can, whilst we wait for natural capital credits to come in. Um, have have a good business in um, high value, low footfall, low impact um, ecotourism. And that's something else that local community wants as well. They don't want caravan parks and, you know, camper van fields. They're they're, they're after um, high value, low impact uh, ecotourism. And that, of course, as a nature recovery organization, that's what we're inevitably interested in as well.
0: Actually, had someone from the Seaweed Academy onto the podcast talking about the opportunities that there is in the area um, for Alex. So it is really exciting.
1: Yes, yes, it is, and I think in two ways. There's, there's obviously the, um, the the existing kelp forests. You can see them. Uh, the water's clear, and you go out in a boat, and you can see these forests down there. So we've got forest onshore and forest offshore. Um, and that they they sequester a lot of carbon. So you know whatever we can do to to look after them, and there'll be assets for the ecotourism, of course, with people who want to go scuba diving and and snorkeling and see ecology that way. But then there's also potentially the scope for seaweed farming, uh, again with huge carbon sequestration potential, seafood potential. And so all these things we'll we'll explore and um, work as best we can optimally with the community and the scientists in the area.
0: And all these opportunities that coincides with what you're trying to achieve with the community and creating green jobs as well is that all part of the plan to create the green jobs? All these different industries
1: yes so if you put the whole package together ideally if it all works as we hope there'll be both housing and jobs um hopefully a plenty on the estate as the full spectrum of businesses grow and the natural capital credits come in and the new shape of of land management takes place with Tavialik, uh, you know, hopefully as as a kind of exemplar in the front row and, uh, on, on the frontier of, of all that. But beyond that, uh, you know, it's the co- the opportunity to contribute to the growth of the community itself in the broadest possible sense. I mean, for example, as things stand, the local school is uh, at risk of closure because there just simply aren't going to be enough young people because the population average age is going up the young people are forced to go to the central zone and the cities and how unhealthy is that so if we can play a role in in reversing something like that and grow the, the the help grow the community in the broadest sense of that term that will be a tremendous thing to have achieved alongside all the environmental good that we hope to do
0: That kind of covers my next question about how like Tivialic is known for its like ruggedness and wilderness. And then if you're wanting to kind of repopulate green jobs and community prosperity, like how do you get the balance between the two? Have you got a kind of threshold in mind that you want to stick to when you're talking about jobs?
1: Yeah, we've got I mean, we've got plenty to be going on with. I mentioned the um social housing that the community itself wants to do i mean one other possibility of course is that we'll do joint ventures with the local community where we can bring in capital and you know we can uh, we can do uh, special purpose vehicles joint ventures together um and then there are uh, areas that are 10 ruined um residences across the estate where historically people lived presumably people who lived worked and farmed on the estate and we um we won't develop those for second homes we've signed up to uh, the rural um housing burden so you know nothing's going to be sold to to uh english folk or indeed any focus as, as second homes they're going to be Um, hopefully converted back to affordable, livable places where um, local people can live and, you know, ideally people who are going to be working on the estate as its business grows.
0: When we speak to a lot of people about natural capital and what farmers can do at the moment, a lot of it is just telling them to get their baseline reports in, baseline your natural capital. What plans do you have to baseline Tivalex natural capital? Is there any habitats that you want to focus on first?
1: You no, know, we we're going to leave it a year. Uh, we are, we're only moving in on May the, the, the 16th. So rather than rush it, we're going to confer really widely, which is what we did at bundloit and Bell Dorney. So there won't be any baseline work beyond aerial surveys, drone stuff this summer. And then we'll come up with a plan that has, you know, broad, there are so many people who have expertise in all this. I mean, it's crazy not to use them. Nature Scott and uh, you mentioned Tainish. I mean, all all those folk, they're going to have perspectives on what we should best do to restore the rainforest. So we get all that sorted out in the first year.
0: That brings us on nicely to my final question that we ask all guests. But. This might be an obvious one, um, given the exciting purchase of TV Alec. But is there anything that you're excited for the future? Anything else that you're excited to happen? Excited to see?
1: Yeah, all sorts of things. But if you force me to pick one, um, one or two, I, one or two. Okay. Well, then if it's the the rainforest. You know, we have we have remnants of uh, Tainish is of course a thing of wonder. It's a national reserve and it's just across the water from us. So we can begin with the end in mind, but we have many Tainish remnants across the Tavialic Estate. And, and you know, the idea of linking all them together with some combination of planting and regeneration is super exciting. And for me personally, I'm, um, I love, you know, going up learning curves. As I mentioned, I'm not an expert. And in particular, I know nothing about um, offshore. Carbon sequestration and uh, biodiversity uplift, but I know enough to know that the, the potential is huge. And so, you know, when we've worked out what's the best way to 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 operate offshore with our compadres at Sams and and others, I th- I'm I'm expecting that to be very exciting as well.
0: Thank you, Jeremy, for your time today and really interesting discussion. And thank you all for listening. Links to everything we have discussed are provided with the podcast and can be found on the Fast Sounds pages and Farm Advisory Service website. You can listen to all of the podcasts we produce for Fast Sounds wherever you normally listen to your podcast. This includes Agriculture with Mary Jane Laurie which explores farming as a way of life and speaks to a range of inspirational people from the farming community to find out what drives them and their businesses and where they get their inspiration from and what they love about agriculture. Kerry Hammond, Executive Producer of Fast Sounds, has a favour to ask. If you listen to our podcast, we would love to get your listener feedback. If you'd be willing to have a chat with Kerry off air or even send an email and let her know what you think about podcasts and tell her what you'd like to hear more of, then please call 0300 323 0161 or email advice at fast.scot but a member of our advice line will put you in touch with Kerry. Thank you so much for helping to make the Farm Advisory Service even better. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Natural Capital. The Farm Advisory
1: Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business, and more.
0: Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.